0: Relent, weary traveller, relent! The publishers cannot be held responsible for the mind-bending horrors that await you on the Gatsy on Goosebumps Podcast! Welcome to Gatsy on Goosebumps, a show in which I review every single one of R. R. L. Stein's Goosebumps books from the original series. Today we're looking at the horrors that dwell beneath the house in Goosebumps number 2, Stay Out of the Basement. We've got some classic Tim Jacobus cover out there depicting what we can only assume is some sort of plant man emerging from what we can only assume is some sort of basement. Um, really effective cover art here, really makes you want to read. I think less is more with these book covers and I think this achieves it very well. Tagline here is, something's waiting in the dark, which, to be fair, can be applied to most of the books in the Goosebumps series, but nonetheless. Live Plants. Dead people? Dr Brewer is doing a little plant testing in his basement. Nothing to worry about. Harmless, really. But Margaret and Casey Brewer are worried about their father, especially when they meet some of the plants he is growing down there. Then they notice that their father is developing plant-like tendencies. In fact, he's becoming distinctly weedy and seedy. Is it just part of their father's harmless experiment, or has the basement turned into another little shop of horrors? So our characters are Margaret and Casey, a somewhat familiar older sister, younger brother dynamic who are worried about their father. Dr Brewer is a botanist and since being laid off from his prestigious college position has been acting like essentially a total stranger and has been spending all his time in the family basement. At first they think he's just masturbating down there, but when they investigate they find plants that can move and restrain them with almost human will and hear a low, mournful sound coming from the basement storage closet. Things only get stranger when their mother is forced to travel interstate to look after her hospitalised sister. In one instance, Dr Brewer tries to demand that his children eat this strange, green, pulpy substance for breakfast, which they only barely manage to avoid doing. On the rare instances that he does emerge from the basement, Margaret notices that he's bleeding a green liquid from a cut in his wrist, he's devouring fertiliser straight out of the bag, and he's actually growing leaves in place of his hair on his head. He partially explains this as a side effect of his experiments, which involve electronically transmitting human DNA into plants. But when Margaret discovers that he's been sleeping on a bed of dirt and worms... They know it's time to investigate the basement and find the truth once and for all. They get their opportunity when Dr Brewer travels to the airport to pick up their mother. Down in the basement, among many other incomplete, horrifying plant-human hybrids, they find Dr Brewer, restrained in the storage closet. They untie Dr. Brewer number 2, just as Dr. Brewer number 1 returns from the airport with their mother, and Marguerite is faced with the classic science fiction conundrum of trying to determine which of these identical men is the real one and which the fake. When she cuts Dr. Brewer number two's arm and notices that he's bleeding red and not green, she knows he's the genuine article and lets him eviscerate the other one with an axe. Fantastic stuff. Dr Brewer, the real one, vows to end his experiments, and save for a few plants that can be planted in the garden, will destroy all the incomplete plant-human hybrids. Reunited, they are a happy family again, and everything is back to normal. That is until a sunflower in their back garden talks to Margaret, and tells her that he is in fact her father. Seriously. There are some problems in the story. While I can certainly accept the electronic transmitting of human DNA into plants as within the realm of Goosebumps possibility, why is the plant copy of Dr Brewer necessarily evil? And if he's evil, why does he continue doing experiments in the basement? Presumably, the scene in which he tries to force his children to eat the green substance for breakfast is part of a plan to turn them into plants as well. Nonetheless, the planned human hybrid idea is an interesting take on the mad scientist trope, made more terrifying by the fact that it's happening inside your own house. Arlstein really does give a creepy and unsettling atmosphere to the basement, and some of his description of the incomplete human-plant hybrids are utterly grotesque and delightfully terrifying. Casey was right. The tall, leafy plant appeared to have a green human arm descending from its stalk. Margaret's eyes darted across the closet. To her horror, she realised that several plants seemed to have human features. Green arms, a yellow hand with three fingers poking from it, two stumpy legs where the stem should be. She and her brother both cried out when they saw the plant with the face. Inside a cluster of broad leaves there appeared to grow a round, green tomato. But the tomato had a human-shaped nose and an open mouth, from which it repeatedly uttered the most mournful sighs and groans. Another plant, a short plant with clusters of broad oval leaves, had two green, nearly human faces partly hidden by the leaves, both wailing through open mouths. Ooh. For me, however, the scariest part doesn't come from what's actually happening in the basement. It's the idea of being in the care of someone you don't actually trust. When her mother travels interstate, Margaret is forced to come to terms with the fact that the man she's known all her life, she increasingly doesn't really know at all. The scene in which Dr Brewer tries to force his children to eat the green substance for breakfast is a superb blend of psychological and supernatural horror, one that Goosebumps would rarely top in future books. Margaret is terrified of her own father, and it doesn't get much scarier than that. Stay Out of the Basement combines many different aspects of horror into an intense, fast-paced, and at times gruesome experience. I deem this one a classic of the series. Please join me next week when I review Goosebumps number three, Monster Blood. Thank you for watching, and as always, please stay spooky.